Blog Talk Radio. Had to put that siren on because I know Manny hates it so much. But for the people listeners, you're here. You're at UWC Radio, United Wrestling Council. Don't forget, you can check out <clears throat> UWC, United Wrestling Council on all the social media. We're still working on the website. I'll talk a little bit about that as soon as I get a chance. But uh, glad to have everybody here. Big meeting today. You know, I've been gone for a little while. Had some personal stuff to take care of or whatever, but back. So we had the big meeting today, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. No Freddie, no Freddie Havoc today or whatever. He was supposed to be with us, but we'll t- tell you what's happening with him. But um, first up, coming about the 715 mark, Jesse Hernandez. As you know, for the people um, who've been in the business for a long time, Jesse Hernandez has been one of the, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the infrastructures of SoCal wrestling, especially out there in the Indian Empire, uh, you know, running EWF for such a long time. There's a bunch of stuff I want to talk to him about. So he's going to be coming up about the 7.15 hour. As you know, the pandemic and everything is starting to open up uh, to where we could do some shows inside. A lot of people are waiting. I know Lucha Libre Alliance is waiting so that they could do their indoor show, you know, till July. A lot of people are waiting till after June 15th, I believe, is when it's supposed to open up completely. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that because he had uh, he even had some outside shows going on. So I don't know if they had shut that down for a minute as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Talking about the School of Hard Knocks training because a lot of training got, you know, halted for a little while and that, that's starting to come back and talk a little bit about that. I got somebody who works for him quite a bit, Fletch Fugaz, booked for one of my shows. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about him. So coming up in about the 7.15 hour, Jesse Hernandez. And then about 7.45 or so, Richard Ariola. But talk to him a little bit because uh, the, the fights were, it, it's weird the way that the, the UFC kind of goes. Like, uh, it'll be like a bunch of knockouts, like your boxing skills come come to fruition and people are getting knocked out or your kickboxing skills where people are, you know, doing leg kicks and, you know, making people kind of just crumble and then taking them out. And then as we talked about before, the wrestlers who just, you know, close that distance, get them down, get that weight on top of them, make them work, drag them into deep waters and then pound them out. But now as from yesterday show the UFC from yesterday, it was a lot of jujitsu. There was a lot of submissions. There was a lot of submissions that people fought out of. There was some broken limbs and stuff. So we're going to bring Richard Ariola to talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about a little bit of wrestling too, because, you know, as you know, it was a shortened season. So hopefully they could kind of come back and have a big season next year. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that as well as jujitsu, IBJJF, I think the Pan Ams, or whatever were this were this weekend. Talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about what the future holds for me and no gi jujitsu. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So he'll be coming up about seven forty five. But first, you know, that's why we have this show because we want to give. We don't want to open the curtain too much, but we'd like to give like the behind the scenes of what's happening or whatever. And we have been working on this show forever. And you just that's another reason why I like to have Jesse on. He's pretty uh, committed and has his his set spots where he does his shows, but 
you know, we had everything worked out. Of course, Paul's Photos is a big, you know, uh, contributor and sponsor for the show. We're trying to do it over there, but we ran into so many obstacles. We had to switch it. So we, we did that. Real quick, I'll tell you, it, finally, we got to finalize. It took, it took till about 11 p.m. last night to finally get everything set on Saturday night. So it's finally set in stone. It's going to be Sunday, June 27th. It's going to be at Metroflex Gym in Long Beach. Luckily, you know, I had a good relationship with Eddie Avakoff, who is the owner of a Metroflex Gym in Long Beach, and he's just about to move. But he said, hey, man, we can get it in there before I make the move over to – he's moving over towards the Hawaiian Gardens area. And he said, absolutely, come down, and, and we'll go ahead and take care of everything over here. So got moved over to Metroflex Gym. It's going to, like I said, Sunday, June 27th, it's going to be from 2. It's going to be a 2 o'clock show, and we usually go till about, I don't know, maybe 5 o'clock or so or whatever. So as we talked about in the meeting this morning, we're going to have <clears throat> a VIP ticket. It's going to give you, you know, front row, early entrance, and things like that. So the VIPs will go, will open the doors for them at 1 o'clock, and then at 1.30 for the general public, and then the first match is going to take place at 2 o'clock. So finally got that taken care of. Main event's going to be Gayam from Los Chivos and Fletch Fugaz, who I just talked about, which I've been trying to make this match for um, easily over a year with the pandemic against Power Baby Genesis and Jaguar de Oro. That's going to be the main event. And then in the semi-main event, we finally got that locked down because, you know, Vito Fratelli, that dude's everywhere. He's got like five belts or whatever. I, I have the, the the audio footage from when we had the big photo shoot. I've been trying to upload that so I could send it. This is how I have to do it. Upload it, send it to Delia, which is Manny's daughter, over to Cody Rhodes, who was my producer from On The Mat from a couple of years back, to try to get that thing up on the website. So we're still working on that where we talked a little bit about, you know, get, getting everything together over there. Um, with Vito and and Gayam uh, uh, and a bunch of different people. It was really cool. So Vito, it's going to be a three-way. I call it the, the Heavy Hitters is the name that uh, Tony Ray's and, and um, Biggie Biggs, that's their tag team name, but it just seems so appropriate for this match right here. I was going to call it Marano Beach title or whatever, but it's going to be Vito versus Alexander Vega versus Biggie Biggs. So that's going to be just like the clash of the Titans. So that's going to be in the same. I mean, a third match, it's going to be myself, 1000% knockout Nicolette and Freddie Havoc, who is my now uh, co-host with the radio show. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here today. No big deal. So it's going to be us three versus Drew Masters, Candy Girl, and Ruben Iglesias. Ruben Iglesias coming out there from that Whittier area. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Been trying to book that for a while too. So those are all set. We're ready to go. I got a couple of first matches that we again solidified today. This this meeting this morning, barely got some of that stuff taken care of. Um, I talked to Freddie. There's a couple of guys that we got that are going to be in the first couple of matches. Going to be slamming. We'll make sure we have all that up and ready to go as soon as we get a chance. So definitely, I mean, it was it was a lot, man. I'm telling you, to, to get a show going, especially now, so, there's so many companies that are running. You know, we want to do this show right. We want to make sure that, that everything is 100%, but I guarantee it's going to be a good time. Hold on a second. <clears throat> My goodness. It's going to be uh, definitely, you know, huge. We've been working on it, a lot of stuff for the people. You know, it's the first show so that our sponsors could come out and check out the show and see exactly what we got going on. 
you know, VIP section, a couple of VIP sections for the sponsors. Uh, of course, Paul's photo, who's been with us from the beginning, and Point After Contact, which has also been with us. If you go to my Facebook or Manny's Facebook, you can see all the custom cornhole boards that they made us, the banners and everything really, really, really came out nice. So we're definitely looking forward to checking that out. Now, that's set in stone. Like I said, it took us – It took us. Uh, until almost 11 o'clock last night to get the ring. We had one set up, and unfortunately, you know, it was a miscommunication, so the ring was actually booked somewhere else that we didn't find out about till last night. So we pulled, you know, made a couple of moves and got some stuff together. So big thanks to the guys from UWE because they're going to help us out and let us use their ring, which is good for them because we got a lot of stuff booked so we could use them a little more often than everybody, you know, kind of benefits from that. So big thanks to those guys for helping us out at the last minute. We appreciate it. So that's good to go. And then we get to the meeting this morning and we, you know, start putting everything together and say, okay, we got this done and, you know, we got to put this in the budget. People don't understand, you know, you got to, depending on the venue, you got to rent chairs, you know, to make sure that people can sit down and then the food, a lot of people like to come. Nobody wants to go to a wrestling show and just sit there. They like to, you know, either have some beers or some snacks or some sodas or whatever. So uh, Eddie has a taco lady that was like the hit of the last time we did a show over there. So hopefully we can get her so they can have some tacos and stuff out there, but it's going to be huge. It's really, really, uh, we're mixing it up a lot. We're definitely going to have a a strong Lucha match. Uh, Some up and coming guys from SoCal that we're going to announce later on that have really, uh, I've heard about them. I haven't got to see them yet, but I'm going to go check them out pretty soon. But for what Freddie and I were talking about, hold on everybody. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I gotta get off those cigarettes. <clears throat> so, uh, Fred, that's what Freddie brought to the table today. He said, "Look, man, if we put these two guys together, they're gonna they're gonna put on a, a heck of a show." And I had seen clips and heard about them, and I'm like, "Absolutely, let's get them in there." So we're gonna um, definitely get those guys in there to to you know get just really set it off and get it going. Now I was gonna have a girls match, but when it's funny how things work out because when we did the photo shoot over at Paul's Photos for some, and I got to tell you, you know, Candy Girl is over like Rover. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think it's a combination of just her, her wrestling ability, her entrance music, uh, Candy Girl, which just sets everything off or whatever. But she really, really had, you know, a lot of uh, uh, following and stuff like that when we took her to the, to, to do the photo shoot. And then of course with, thousand percent knockout Nicolet who's been with me and you know I've kind of <laughs> the way I brought her along is for the heel side of the business you know what I mean so a lot of people say hey man we want to see them go at it or whatever but we had already had everything kind of set in stone so I said look we'll, we'll do we'll do an intergender we'll, we'll do an intergender and it'll be us uh, with Nicolette against them with Candy Girl and you know we'll see we'll we'll, we'll see who who's going to come out on top on that or whatever we, the stuff we got planned is is just amazing the way we got everything worked out so i highly suggest you check it out so real quick don't forget united wrestling council uwc finally set in stone it's going to be sunday june 27th at metroflex gym in long beach um the doors are going to open at one o'clock for the vips 130 for the um, general public um, if you want to get we're going to we're putting everything together now so that we can um, put it up on the website and on on our social media the VIP tickets are going to be. I'm, I'm a, we talked a little bit about it. We haven't said it, so I think it's going to be like 70 bucks. But it's going to get you two adult tickets, two child tickets, four sodas and or four drinks and four snacks, which is like popcorn or chips or whatever. Plus, you get 
the VIP early entrance at one o'clock where all the wrestlers will be out there. You got first chance at the merge if you want to take your pictures and the first two row seats. So it's, it, you know, making them a deal. And of course, at Metroflex Gym, plenty of parking. You know, you don't have to go park out in uh, downtown to, to walk over to get in there or whatever. So it's going to be, you know, really making a concerted effort to make sure everybody gets taken care of and everybody has a good time. Hey, man, it's been over a year in the making. So it's got to be, it's got to be good. Even though it was over a year in the making, we're barely getting stuff at 11 o'clock the night before. But it's it's good to go. We're looking forward to it. We, you know, we've been working really hard to get everything set. It's finally here. Um, unfortunately, Freddie Havoc, I was hoping to have him on with me so we could talk a little bit about it. It's going to be the first time he's going to team with us. You know, we got some stuff planned <clears throat> in the future for him, so we want to talk to him. But this is what happened. Uh, little, he's been training with Little Cholo and Mariachi for, for quite some time, and they – uh, you know, everybody has a family and kids and all that. And they had some stuff planned, birthday parties or whatever. It rained. They ended up bringing it indoors, so he had to be out there. And and I don't want to rush him, and I don't want him to have to be with his AirPods coming in in the car because then you can't hear him. So we, I told him, hey, man, don't worry about it. Go ahead and take the day off. Enjoy yourself. Get yourself together. We'll get you back next week, and and we'll take care of business then. So all good to go. We're looking forward to it. We'll t- as it as it progresses, we'll give you more and more information. But don't forget, man, big show, United Wrestling Council, first show since Manny has taken over as the owner and the proprietor of UWC. So that's Sunday, June 27th at Metroflix Gym in Long Beach. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We'll call Jesse Hernandez and we'll talk a little bit about EWF training and, and the, what, the state of wrestling, in, uh, independent wrestling right now. All right, we'll be right back. what I'm talking about for the people listeners you're here you're at UWC United Wrestling Council Radio just got me today Freddie Freddie Havoc uh, Freddie Gabriel himself is out there hanging out with little Cholo and Mariachi Loco and all them he'll be with us next week but for the people listeners don't forget Paul's photo far and away Paul's photo is the best store for all your camera needs located in the city of Torrance they have the best prices and professional advice from beginner to pro still photos or video Paul's Photo will take care of all your photo and video needs. Located at 23845 Hawthorne Boulevard in the city of Torrance, you can call Mark at 310-375-7014, and you can always go to paulsphoto.com. Paul's Photo, ready, willing, and able to help with all your camera needs. So hopefully he's going to get his people over there to take some pictures because the, the few times that we've been over there doing the photo uh, shoots and stuff has been absolutely fantastic. Also, Yards After Contact. Got to check out Yards After Contact printing service, apparel, and of course, custom cornhole boards. Check them out at yardsaftercontact.com. And you can check out their Facebook page with great pictures of some of their work, especially the custom cornhole boards. 
some of their printing, and of course, the custom UWC United Wrestling Council shirts modeled by our own Manny Pinson. That is worth going on that website alone, so make sure you check it out. That's Yards After Contact. Get your custom gear today. Definitely looking forward to them coming out and supporting and checking out some of their stuff, so make sure you check it out. Let's give Jesse Hernandez a call. A few things I want to talk to him about. I got a list of stuff here, but hopefully we'll be able to cover as much as we can. He's, he's a very busy, busy man. Hello. Hey, Jesse, it's Fabiano. You're live on UWC. Can you hear me, my friend? I hear you very well. Mm-hmm. Ah, good. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at UWC United Wrestling Council. Don't forget to check out unitedwrestlingcouncil.com to check out all the stuff we got coming up. But on the line with me right now, somebody – it's funny, Jesse, because when I have a bunch of things I want to talk about, I'm like, you know, I should talk to Jesse about this because he's been in the business for so long. And, and, and as I'm getting ready for the show, I'm thinking of all these things. I got all this stuff in my mind. But real quick before I get what I want to get to – as I'm setting up the show, you know, they got this new biography channel or that they've been doing a lot of the wrestlers on. And I, I got to uh-huh. tell you, man, you know, you remember back in the day, you didn't pull the curtain back, you know, that much. But now, you know, they're really starting to open up and showing a lot of stuff that the wrestlers have been going through. And I've been That's watching right. it and it's really, yeah, it's really, you know, uh, uh, uncensored. So they had the one of Shawn Michaels on. I was watching it right before we got on. And, and uh-huh. I've always thought Shawn Michaels easily one of the best one of the best ever yeah. as far as work, his work rate, uh, just the way he, he controlled the crowd and sold and everything like that. Now, let me get your opinion. I'm going to say one, two has to be at least, you know, Sean and Brett. I mean, that was such a great feud and the way they, you know, and even though it got a little heated towards the end, they still gave the people their money's worth. Is that, are those guys in your top two or can you think of somebody else? <laughs> I mean, to me, it's got to be those two, right? Those two are, <laughs> that, that's it, them two, man. I mean, yeah. what happened you know, there, man, it's incredible. And uh, Vince, uh, <laughs> the way he handled things, uh, wow, man, hard, hard to believe that something like that will, will actually happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, you who, you who have been in the business, you know, for such a long time, I mean, I don't think it's ever gotten to that level. But, I mean, you, as a promoter, there's certain things that you got to do to keep, like, in other words, you can't let the inmates run the asylum. You know, you have to no, say, you, this is what's, you know, you have to take over and say, this is the way mm-hmm. I want it. I'm sorry. This is the way it's got to be, right? Yeah. You know, the, there's promoters, there has been promoters, you know, that, uh, that, that are active as wrestlers. And what they do, they become champions of their own promotion to protect their yeah. title, to protect uh, anybody <laughs> else from running away with a, with a title. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, which things yeah. like that have happened, you know, where you put somebody, uh, you know, give the, somebody the title. And then they leave the promotion, they go to Mexico or they go somewhere, and then they lose it somewhere, and then all of a sudden you lose that title, you know? Yeah. So a lot yeah. of – there has been, you know, promoters, you know, like Vern uh, uh, for example. How many times was he – he was his, his, the champion in his own promotion um, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody it's, will take the title true. for a month or two weeks or whatever, and, and then he will get it back, and, you know, <laughs> and then you had Von Eric. <laughs> In Texas, yeah, you know, put, put on as well. Yeah. yeah, but when you see when you see biographies like that, then you kind of see why, and it kind of makes sense because you you have to, yeah. you know, as as the as the owner and the proprietor, you have to you know take those precautions or whatever. Yeah. So I, I mean, I thought it was great. I think I think a promoter and a booker has to be the mm-hmm. the hardest two jobs ever that you can have because if you're a booker, no matter what you do, the no way matter you what, put man. It, you're always going to have somebody who's going to disagree with you and always say, no, I need oh, yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah, you know, here, here, here's how it works, you know. If you're the booker, okay, 
and and you're the wrestler, and he, the the booker is working you well. You know, I mean, you know, you're he's got you in a good position. That you know, you're doing what what you love to do and stuff, and you're happy. Oh, he's the greatest yeah. promoter ever. But when he has to do jobs here and there or whatever, this son of a bitch doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, he, look at Jake. He's he's the 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 Jake. <laughs> man, it, that is the way it's been forever. Now, now, forever, you know, man. You, it, it, it just goes back to that too. You got to, and and you, like I said, you don't want to pull the curtain back too much or whatever. But you know, mm-hmm. I I related a lot to Oscar De Loya. That guy. Mm-hmm. Put, put a whole new spin on boxing. He had girls right. and women that have never, they don't never, when you see boxing, it's always men. But when he came in, you start seeing all these young women start going and the place mm-hmm. was packed. So you want to yeah. make sure that guy does well, you know, cause he could be knocked out or something. He's going to lose a lot of fans. So it, it's kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. damn thing, brother. You know, yeah. you got to give people what they want to see, you know? Right. Whether right. you know whether you like to involve women in wrestling, you know, I mean, look at the numbers. Look at the if you ever going into uh, Jake's uh, uh, the the YouTube page for EWF, let's let's an example. Look at all the women's yeah. matches. They're the ones that have the most numbers, you know, the most views, yeah. more so than any of the guys. <laughs> well, that's that's even yeah. that's even happened on this on this podcast because mm-hmm. I mix it with with uh, you know with mixed martial arts and jujitsu and all that. And and my mm-hmm. the, uh, on the blog talk it shows you or whatever the the, mm-hmm. the people that are downloading and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I had three women on. I had uh, somebody that that ran the the jujitsu tournament. I had a, a mm-hmm. MMA fighter. And I, I think I had like a, a U.S. Olympic wrestler, all girls, and the mm-hmm. ratings went through the roof. I mean, it's spiked yeah, that's so high. Yeah, so Manny and I were yeah. looking at it and go, man, you know, we got to the and the same thing I was talking about uh, before before we came on uh, at the opening um, when mm-hmm. we started to put our show together. Everybody wanted to see Candy Girl because we she, mm-hmm. we took her to the photo shoot and a lot of people came out and they liked her stuff and they go, well, when's she wrestling? Well, is she going to be there and all that? So it just it's just the way the business is. They they want to yeah. see you know a, a different mix or whatever. So right. man, it make, makes it a lot of sense. But real quick for the people no, listening, you're here. You're at UWC Radio and we're talking to Jesse Hernandez, talking a little bit about you know what it takes to to run the company and want to let the inmates run the asylum. But something I wanted to talk right. to Jesse about before I had so much to, and it's amazing because it everything just keeps going but i had forgot a few things that i wanted to talk to you about the first one was you know uh i i didn't get a chance to get to go to uh pistol pete's uh the 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 thing that they had for him the wake, the, over yeah, there the yeah, because yeah. i was up i was out in sacramento and this is this is what <laughs> this is what happened it was 19 i believe it was late 1993 or maybe early 1994 and i always want to be arrested and and somebody mm-hmm. told me hey man jesse hernandez and and billy anderson have a place out in san bernardino you should go check it out and i said okay so i got all my stuff together and i went down there and the first day i went down there um the, the I, I believe his name his real name is chris but the guy who was uh papa shango and and all that he had just signed his contract with, with the WWF back then. And right. he went to you guys that day because he, he said, hey, man, I remember I was watching and he was talking to you and Billy and going, yeah, I just got everything signed. He goes, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I want to train today. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at him and thinking, oh, my God, if everybody's this big, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to die or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you guys started working with them. And, you know, they were going through, you know, running the ropes and body slams. And I said, yeah. oh, my God, I'm dead. 
But then you came up to me and said, "Now nah, he's, you know, this is what happened. He's here. He's going to, you know, but, but we're not going to do that too. We're going to start, you know, see what you got, see if you're, you're made for it. Cause that's the way it was back then. I said, okay. So we mm-hmm. did the, the, the rolls and took a few uh, small bumps and stuff like that. And I said, right. I'm scared to death. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest. I said, I'm scared. scared to this, it is definitely not what you think it is. And I remember thinking right. that when I went home. So I uh-huh. went home or whatever, and then it, it was Manny, who we're talking, Manny Pinson, who him and I worked together at security, and he said, hey, man, go see Pistol Pete. He's, he's, um, he, he'll take care of you. He'll, he'll show you the ropes and all that or whatever. They're just not going to mm-hmm. throw you into the deep end or anything like that. Or, mm-hmm. Okay, so I went to go to go find him. We found him. We went to Gil's garage, and it was just him and I, and, man, he put me through, you know, not beat me up or whatever, but just that, you know, just taking the bumps and, and all that, and you know right. how Pistol Pete is. He's like, well, and you better be, and if you're going to be scared, don't even come in there anymore. And you better, and I, and I tell you this, this is what I'm going to do. And you, and you, and he really, so when I told him, I said, I went to Jesse's or whatever, he goes, well, what do you think? You think he thinks this is a joke? That's when, so, you know, I went back to Manny and I said, hey, man, you know, this guy, he goes, yeah, he goes, but you know what? He, he, that's why he does it. Because if you're serious and you come back the next day, he's going to know you're serious and he's going to, he's right. going to work with you. So I went back and then yeah. him and I, you know, worked, worked all the time. I mean, I ended up going, yeah. ended up, you know, doing really well with the family. And he, here's the thing too, real quick for the people that we're talking, we're talking to Jesse Hernandez. He, not only did he show me, cause there's so much more to the business than just taking bumps. He, he was right. a trip because oh. Mar- Martha used to have a little uh, uh, hair salon in Pico Rivera. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, come down. I want, um, I want you to work on cutting your promos. And I was like, all right. So I pulled him into the parking lot, and he had a big piece of the cage. And then he had, mm-hmm. you know, UWC on there, and they were selling tickets. And I'm like, well, you know, what do you got going? He goes, look, man, this is how we promote. He goes, we got the big cage match coming up. I want these people to come in and see the cage and go, wow, you know, what's going on here? And then I tell him, hey, man, we got a cage match going on. And just the little things like that, you know, he showed me, you know, this is how you have to do it. And then just to, to humble me, I was so happy that I was starting to wrestle. He made me like mm-hmm. Dazzling Dan, and he had me in this sequenced, uh, you know, little jacket or whatever that I hated. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, this is where you start, you know, and he really, it took at least a year and a few months before I even got to, to, to work, not in the ring, but like uh, around the ring and getting to know. And then finally, yeah. you know, when I got my, my big, big match or whatever, I was ready. I mean, it just seems like yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit now. I mean, it's, you know, oh, you got so many it has. out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but talk a little bit about that. Cause it's not just only just taking the bus. You have to teach them everything from the beginning. Right. <laughs> That's right. You know what's sad right now, brother, is that some guys uh, uh, train and they can't handle it, and so they 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 quit. But then they they go out and buy a damn ring, and then they 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 yeah. want they think they can teach or they want to promote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's true. Everybody yeah. wants everything handed handed to them in a silver platter. They they they. You know, it took me uh, from the the first day that I started training training me and my tag team partner. It took us a total of two years, brother, before we had our first match. Two mm-hmm. years, you know. And you said it took you a year and a half. That's that's awesome. A year and a half yeah. or, you know, a year and three months, whatever. That's better yeah. than, than being thrown out, you know, within three or four months, you know, or yeah. five months, yeah. you know. And, and yeah. it's crazy, bro. You know what? You know, there's schools that will teach you, and they'll charge you so much money. And for a three-month course, what the hell are you going to learn in three months, bro? Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, you exactly. know, no, you're, you, you, you know, we run the way I run my school. You know, it may take you 
eight months. It took Rico Costantino uh, eight months total, but he was an athlete. Rico yeah. Costantino was an athlete when he when he started training with us, and it took him eight months before he he had his first match. You know, yeah. he was a good uh, quick learner. And then yeah. within a year and, and and maybe a few months, well, you know, uh, he was in WWF at the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, he was lucky. He was one of those lucky ones. But it, it doesn't happen with everybody, you know. Yeah, but some are slower you know, than others. Mm-hmm. The 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 thing is too is you know like okay the pandemic hit right, and yeah. then now there's there's no audience, you know. So so how yeah. do you work? But 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 with back then, when you're a wrestler, like I, I worked, I remember working a couple of shows for Kiss and Charisma, and mm-hmm. there was maybe ten or twelve people there. You know, so yeah. you, you just, you know, you, you have to work and, and, uh, you know, you don't have that crowd like screaming or whatever. You have a few people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you were used to that, if there was no audience or whatever, you're kind of used to it. So you knew how to yeah. work and get yourself over or whatever. I think yeah. that might be lost a little bit. Now, now if, if, uh, you had some wrestlers and there was no audience or whatever, and you, you had to work with just the TV cameras with no audience. I mean, what mm-hmm. advice would you give them to just keep, just, you know, keep in mind, you know, that you have to keep, keep it the well, same way that like there was one there? I, I'm from the school. I'm from, you know, I was taught that, you know, you, you're going to wrestle the same in front of 10 people as you, yeah. uh, as you're going to wrestle in front of a thousand or 2000 or 10,000. Right. You, you give the people what, you know, what it's, you know, their money's worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right now yeah. what I'm doing, you know, that's helping my my students right now is that uh, due to the pandemic, I started, you know, it's almost going to be a year now. I started this Hard Knocks Wrestling. It's, it's totally different than uh, than, than uh, EWF. It's not nothing to do with EWF. As a matter of fact, it's not the same booker. I have uh, younger guys uh, helping out, and everybody's learning how to run a camera. Everybody's learning how to uh, – the announcer is, you know, and we – we filmed the show as if it was a professional show, and the the, the crowd is only the, the wrestlers that are there, you know, yeah. they're cheering on or whatever. It's it's not open to the public. It is not open to the public, and but we're treating it as a TV show, and we film like uh, every three or four weeks, we film uh, up to five matches or so, and then we put one match out every single Saturday at 2 p.m., you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. it keeps the guys doing something, you know, and, and some of the uh, more advanced guys that are helping out, you know, they're helping the younger guys, and the younger yeah. guys are learning from them, you know. And and, and it, 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 I love doing this. I really enjoy it. And guys that I – students that I thought, oh, man, it's going to take a long time for this guy to really – for us to be able to put him on an EWF show. Well, yeah. because of what we're doing with, uh, with this Hard Knocks Wrestling on YouTube right now, uh, they're getting that experience, and they're advancing so well. I'm very happy for them, man. It's incredible. Yeah. And there's no yeah, there's we, no substitute yeah. for experience, right? Right, right, right. And we do, you know, we cut promos, everything, you know. And when the first when the show first started, you know, when this thing started, you know, I'm not saying that you know it was a it was a, a little rough, but you know, it's getting better and better and better every yeah. every time we shoot. It's just better than the last time. Yeah, yeah so well, everybody's learning. Especially with somebody like you who's seen and done it all. I mean, we talk about experience. There's nothing that you haven't seen or done. So when they come up with this question that, hey, man, this is when I was here, this is what we did or whatever. And it makes mm-hmm. lots of sense. I got to take a quick break, Jesse. Can you hang on? Because there's a couple more things I yeah. want to run by. Can you hang on for just a quick second? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll be right back. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back with Jesse Hernandez. Hold on. 
yeah, that's what I'm talking about for the people listening. You're here. You're at UWC. Don't forget to check out unitedwrestlingcouncil.com. Steadily working on getting all the information up there so we can, you know, keep everybody up to date on what's happening. But on the line with me right now, straight from uh, EWF and Hard Knocks Training uh, Center, Jesse Hernandez. Jesse, <laughs> here's, here's the thing, and this is what, uh, one of the questions I wanted to run by you. Too. It's funny because I was talking to Enigma. They they had a thing over at uh, Puerto Escondido, and we were talking, and we we're talking about injuries because he's going to retire. He's he's had a really like it was a trip because he's got a really bad had a really bad rotator cuff, and he, I guess he had mm-hmm. and he can barely lift his arm. Like like he can only go oh uh, not even close to forty five degrees. So we were talking oh about my. that because I like okay the. The second time that I went to go wrestle for, for Jesse Way out there, I was literally two weeks away from, from hip surgery. And, and wow. it's like, you know, you, you, there's, there's a part of you that says, man, I, I want to go out there and I want to put on a good show. I'm, I'm going to try my hardest. But then there's another party that goes, man, you know, this, this hip is killing me. I'm going to look like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to look like shit or whatever. So I went and did it. I couldn't do, you know, what I really wanted to or whatever. Give me your thoughts on that. For, for a young, okay, let's say you got a guy that's really doing well and he's going to go mm-hmm. uh, wrestle somewhere and it's a big chance for him, but, he, but he's something like that. He's hurt or whatever. Do you tell him, look, man, just, you know, go ahead and live to, to, to to fight another day where you're at 100 percent, or would you just say go and do the best you can? I mean, how how would you work around that? You know what, man? I would tell the guy to get you know, take your time off, take some time off, heal well, so you can come yeah. back strong. You know, there's no sense in uh, in keep rest. You know, see, a lot of the guys back in the day, you know, um, because of TV, you know, they couldn't afford. You know, they were hurt, and they would be doing the painkillers, and that that got them, yeah. you know. All messed up and everything. Uh, why? Yeah. Because they will lose their spot, you know. But you know what? Yeah. You know, if you're in the smaller promotions or whatever, you know, your body and your health is more important than anything else, man. The hell yeah. with storylines and everything else. Get yourself <laughs> well and come back when you're when you are, you know, when you're in better health. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because that's what I would that, tell that's, them. I, that's, that's what I would what tell it, them. Yeah, it's better to be 100% and look really well than to try to go out there and then just – and right. plus, you, you also run the risk of maybe getting yeah. somebody hurt because if I'm – if I got yeah. a messed up knee or something and I try to catch somebody and it goes out on me, they're mm. going to drop to the floor or whatever. Yeah. So it, oh, it, yeah. yeah, it's really important yeah. to, to get that done. But mm-hmm. anyways – Real quick, because cause now I'm running up against the clock, but I, I, like I was saying, I could, I could go on with Jesse forever, but um, this is – I get a lot of emails and a lot of messages and people asking me questions, blah, 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 whatever. They say, well, well, when you see – what what do you look for in a wrestler? So let me just – I'll put this out to you. I, I went to – I was going to go get some shirts or something from from uh, from Joey, Joey Chaos out there at Santino Brothers. And we're talking, mm-hmm. and I see this guy. I see Brody King in there working, mm-hmm. and I look at him, and I said, "God dang, man, that guy! That guy looks like a wrestler." I said, "Hey, man, like, mm-hmm. who is this kid?" He goes, "Oh, that's Brody King." I go, "Well, you know, is is the belt on this kid or whatever?" He goes, "No." He goes, "He's he's still fairly new or whatever." But I looked at Brody King, and I said, "Man, that guy looks like a wrestler. He's huge. You know, he had the long hair, and he had the the, the boots with the flames on them and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know." That guy looks like a wrestler. So you yeah. personally, who's been in it for a while, is there is there a certain look? Now I know I know Jesse. He's like, hey man, if you're gonna be wrestling, you got to be professional. You have to have the good gear. Make sure you got some good wrestling boots. Absolutely. To make you look professional. Yeah. You know, tan Absolutely. stuff like that. Be in shape. So so what exactly do you look for when when you see somebody? In other words, like who's gonna be the hood ornament for EWF? 
Well, you know, I'm looking for somebody that's got a good body, you know. And un- yeah. but unfortunately, you know, well, fortunate for fortunate for a lot of people, a lot of the guys are small, you know. But I don't yeah. turn nobody away. Everybody has an opportunity with me, man. I don't care. I don't care if you're uh, five foot one, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, you're gonna make it. You know, you can if you've got a lot of heart. I met Ray Ray Mysterio uh, Jr. when he was fourteen, probably thirteen, fourteen years old. You know, at the yeah. time I was working for WWF uh, as a referee. And uh, he came up to me, you know, at, at Tijuana, one of the shows there. He said, man, one day I would love to work for, for WWF. Imagine if I had told him, oh, this is a big man's world, you know. I mean, you know, you don't have a chance. Imagine if yeah. I had said that. What a stupid idiot I would have been. But I told yeah. him, you know what, if you work hard enough for, for what you want, you can make it. You can go anywhere. You you can wind up there. And luckily, I yeah. told him that. Otherwise, I would have been a fool. <laughs> because look, yeah. look at the guy. He made it, brother. You know, yeah, and but you know what? I'm looking. I'm looking for heart. I'm looking for yeah. how big of a heart you have. You know, and yeah. uh, and and as, as you're as you're grooming into that wrestler, uh, I'm not going to turn you in loose into one of my shows until you can go from you know for, until you can move without having to think about what you're going to do next. You got to be. Right. You got to move. You know smoothly. You know in that ring, like you know right. what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's really what I look for, you know. And of course, and if you've got the nice body, that helps tremendously. Well, sure. well, tremendously. you can you can kind of tell when when because when I was training uh, guys and stuff like that, you can kind of tell who's really serious and who's going to take a little while because yeah. there was yeah. a lot of guys that would come in and they would be there every day and they would be pounding it out. And then when we would finally get them some work or whatever, just little things, they were there on time. Little things like they would make sure their shoelaces are straight. Yeah. Or whatever, mm-hmm. and, yep. and there was a couple of guys that would dress nice, not not a suit or whatever, yep. but just yep. so their clothes were on. They just look professional, you know. Yeah. That's, yep. that's what we're talking about. And I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's taking it serious, you know. And then you kind of, yeah. kind of start to see that. So that's what we try to to impress mm-hmm. our, yeah. on our on our people. Hey, you got to be professional I, at all times, right? Yeah, but you know, I've always encouraged that with my guys, you know. But my guys, you know, when they start moving around from one place to another, they see others dressed like shit, you know. So they start dressing yeah. like that, you know. And I keep telling them that's not the way. So you know, we're pushing them even at our at our little show that we're doing with the what we're doing with Hard Knocks Wrestling, you know, for the YouTube yeah. channel. If, yeah. if you're not there early enough to train, you know, then you're coming in just for the taping. You better at least put on a nice shirt and and, and nice clean pants. Look presentable, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Because that is the start, you know. Because when you get to the bigger leagues down the road, that's how they're going to want you to dress, man. You got to make a good impression. Your first impression in front of uh, people that don't know you, I mean, that first impression, if it looks like shit, man, they're going to treat you like shit, bro. They're not going to want you. Yeah, Yeah, man. That makes look presentable. That makes yeah. so so much sense because because this is okay when when I was putting together one of my shows uh, over at it was at Metroflex Gym, big gym you know where mm-hmm. so what it is is uh, there's a walkway so there's a bit, the, the weights and everything are on all sides and then you walk through it to get to the back mm-hmm. and that's where we were all set up so you know I had yeah. all my my stuff set up and and people were just working out or whatever so when when Kayam and Enigma came came in through that door they yeah. both had suits on and they both had the mascaras right. and everything on you know especially yeah. it, they don't take those masks off for nothing they, they're on 24 7 oh. that whole yeah. that whole gym stopped and turned and looked and they're like hey what, yeah. you know like what's going on That's... here so just just watching them walk 
to where the where the radio was, you could see everybody just like you could just tell something yeah. something was happening or whatever. That's so this, right. that's what I try to, to to impress to tell my yeah. guys. You know, hey man, you come in looking, Same. and if, even if if you're not in the mascot or whatever, you come in with the belt and you got a nice suit on. Yeah. They're gonna look and say, hey man, yeah. what, something's going on here or whatever. Yeah. So it it's just. Little things like that, that that make a big difference. You know, that's what that's what yeah. we're talking about. Anyways, Jesse, hey man, I'm I'm sorry, I'm running up against the clock, but it's it's always you see. This is why we have somebody like Jesse on because it's the little things like that that you that you kind of listen to and talk. Yeah, man, that does make sense, man. I got to be professional mm-hmm. or whatever. So for the right. people listeners, <laughs> don't forget EWF Empire Wrestling Federation. You got anything coming up soon? I know the pandemic was starting to open up. Well, you know, no, uh, they're private shows that they, I got up. Uh, they're private events that I have coming up at, at Mountain Lake Resort, but you know we can't promote that. It's just for the you know the members there. I yeah. do have an event that we're putting together for uh, Set Free in Yukaipa, and that's on June 26th. It's, it's a free event. Starts from 10 a.m. until about 4 p.m. on that day. And um, uh, as far as Covina and any, anything else, I'm I'm on hold until we're able to, you know, until the government says, okay, now we can do it, you know. Yeah. You can go in there yeah. and get full capacity. But uh, yeah. in the meantime, man, have, have him check out uh, Hard Knocks Wrestling, uh, uh, Hard Knocks Wrestling, and uh, on, uh, on YouTube, brother, on YouTube, two up, uh, two p.m. every Saturday, and then at twelve noon on Sundays, I put I'm putting out uh, matches from the past. They, they, we call them blast from the past, you know. And, yes, you know, I saw that. I saw that. that. We're going to be on those. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. Hard Knocks Wrestling uh, YouTube channel usually comes out at two p.m. I'll make sure and give that at the end of the show so that people can make sure and check Absolutely. that out. Hey, Jesse, a million thank yous for coming on, man. It's always good to have you oh, on thank you. and and you know pick thank your brain you. on stuff like that. So, for the people listeners, don't forget keep an eye on EWF. They're going to be back soon doing their big stuff. And also, you can check out Hard Knocks Wrestling on YouTube at two p.m. And like he said. The, the stuff that he puts up there is amazing. You'll be surprised at who you see on this. Mm-hmm. All right, Jesse, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank Make, you. Hey, man, it's always Thank good you, to have you on. The good luck. Real. We'll, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jesse Bye-bye. Hernandez, everybody. Make sure you check him out. So let me put this back on. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking to Richard Adiola in just a second. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Everybody trips off that song. Like, what the heck is that? But I think people are too familiar with that ACDC song. But for the people listening, you're here. You're at uh, UWC, United Wrestling Council Radio. Make sure you check it out. Um, Every Sunday, my man, uh, Freddie Gabriel, is not with me. He's over there hanging out with Mariachi Loco and Little Cholo and everybody over there. We just got finished talking to, to... Jesse Hernandez, and it's always good to have him on because I like to pick his brain about stuff like that. And it's weird because, like, Jesse Hernandez, Joseph from PCW, those are guys, I mean, when we talk, it could go on for, or, and especially Guyam and Enigma de Oro because they've been in the business for so long. And I'm constantly, hey, man, well, you know what, just like that, like with the injury, do you, do you pass it up and say, hey, man, you know, let me let me come at 100% or do you, did, you know, do you want to still make, I hate not being able to make a show. I mean, I just hate to do that because I know what it's like as a promoter to not, you know, have the people show up. So it's it's, it's a difficult spot, but I'm going to switch gears real quick and get Richard Adiola on here. I'm going to call him right now because it was amazing the, the way the, the UFC was last night. It's a very, it, it's very rare to get your money's worth. This is Richard. Hey, Richard, it's Fabiano. You're live on UWC United Wrestling Council Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? Oh, yes, I can. Ah, good, perfect. Real quick for the people listeners, don't forget you're here at UWC. Don't forget you can check out unitedwrestlingcouncil.com. Uh, we're steadily working on trying to get the, the information up on there. But on the line with me right now, Richard Ariola. There's so much to talk about, man. But it's finally, you know, it's been a while since you and I have got a chance to talk. How, how is everything in the wonderful world of, of jiu-jitsu and wrestling and, and everything like that? Uh, oh, thanks for first off. Um, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Everything's been great, uh, Bobby. Just uh, been really busy. I just opened up my new academy. We're located in Orange County. Uh, we're called Hybrid Academy, and uh, we're uh, we just I just been building my new team. Uh, we've been doing some jujitsu, uh, no gi, gi, and uh, boxing, and we just added wrestling. Yeah. Well, it is. Here's the thing. Real, I want to talk. I want to talk so much about last night's UFC, but you know the the they had a shortened season um, this year for, for the wrestling out here in Long Beach. And I think they only went yeah. maybe a month and a half, if I'm not mistaken. So, because well, a wrestling mm-hmm. coach called me and he's like, hey, man, my son's taking over. He needs help. Can you come and help him out? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Before I knew it, the season was over. So, it's like, so yeah. now, what the thing is, we used to have a spot out here where the guys can go in the off season and go train but now they don't so do you do you guys offer something like that where in the off season you know they get a specific wrestling class for you know the high school students and stuff like you guys got something like that going on oh uh, yes we do yeah right now um we're actually um offering um uh, our, actually our program kicks off in the summertime because we understand during the summer it's going to be very very busy that's when freestyle yes. season uh, uh greco season begins uh, so right now my brother's currently running his wrestling organization. It's called Ariola Wrestling. That's out in Stanton. So he has a club going on over there if uh, students are in that area and uh, near near towards the end of the 91. If they're looking to place to train, I recommend uh, Ariola Wrestling. My brother runs a very strong program over there. And of yeah. course we'll be opening up uh, we'll be opening up in the city of Orange uh, very soon. That's actually going to be our new facility. Uh, we're moving into a brand new facility, a uh, bigger facility actually uh, in uh, this summer, and we'll be located in the city of Orange, so we'll be more in that territory. So if people want to join us, we will be out there. And um, so either way, you got an Ariola down, down uh, further down in, towards the LA area, and you got an Ariola right here towards Orange County area. So we're covering, yeah. we're covering all aspects of the 91 freeway here. So 
Yeah, I mean, but that's that's good though. I mean, because it, it's like I like I've said many times where I had a hard time keeping the, the the kids focused when I was coaching. So it gives them a you know the word I'm looking for is like it keeps the tools sharp. You know, it keeps them. It keeps them going. They kind of because I've seen a lot of kids get out of shape, you know, during the summer. So it gives them something to keep keep pushing and keep moving forward. So we definitely look forward to that, and I'll definitely give out those uh, uh, Ariola wrestling and stuff like that at the end of the show. So if the people want to check it out, they can check it out. But uh, real quick, uh, this is what I wanted to run by you. It, it, it's kind of weird the way things happen with with mixed martial arts or the UFC or whatever because, it, it, like when Chuck Liddell was a champ, it was weird because it was like mostly stand up, but people people getting knocked out. And before that, it's when Hoist, you know, was was and jujitsu was at the forefront, and people were getting submitted and stuff like that. So it's weird how the um, it, the the landscape kind of changes in in mixed martial arts and then and then all of a sudden it was like Muay Thai people were getting kicked and and you know their legs were getting so beat up it, it kind of took the leg away from the table and you were able to get them down or whatever and then the wrestlers really started coming like like even like Michael Chandler those guys like that who who are going to close that distance get you down and and put their weight on you make you work they get tired they drag them into deep waters and then they end up pounding them out now last night. It seemed like it took a turn back back to um, back to jujitsu. It started out with Christos Diagos. I mean, he was you know in the beginning he was it was kind of touch and go there for a minute, but bam, he got him in that dark show and ended up taking him out. I saw Jiva Santana was over there with him and Chad George. I mean, I'm like, dude, that's like two you know great coaches or whatever. Do you do you kind of see that trend coming coming back or is it just? Is the key is you know if you're working everything if that happens and you start you start taking some punishment you close that distance get it done you can always rely on your jujitsu do you kind of see that coming back uh, like like such a such a big change that it's coming more to jujitsu and submission? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Just because you know MMA you have to be so well rounded you have to know so many different skills you got to know your wrestling your striking your your jujitsu so. Um, I've rolled with Christos uh, before in the past, and yeah. uh, I felt his pressure. He does have a very, very strong goddess. Congrats to him, by the way. Uh, I know he trains uh, a lot uh, with uh, Professor Jiva, so um, and Jiva's doing a great job with him. And so, yeah, I definitely see that 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 you know, uh, I definitely see the the grappler uh, and the wrestling taking a, a big uh, a big effect on on the MMA world. Uh, it's it's been doing it for years, but we saw it a lot on display last night with uh, Michael yeah. Chandler with his wrestling, and then Charles you know Oliveira with his uh, his back taking skills. He has a great body triangle he had last night, and of course you saw that with Christos with his darts joke. It's just the fundamentals are so key, but you're seeing so many uh, athletes now. They're just so well rounded. They have to know you know both the wrestling and jujitsu because you just never know what kind of opponent you're going to face these days you know they're they're yeah. either skilled in striking or they're going to be proficient in jiu-jitsu and wrestling so it, it, it definitely brings a pretty cool aspect to, you know for as a fan you know for us fans i think it's very entertaining for us uh but for the opponents wow yeah that, that means you have to really do your homework yeah yeah big tip. now real quick because um, you know I've, I've been working for for on the mat for for so many years and then when the pandemic hit kind of uh had to pull the plug for a while but we're steadily you know coming back uh matter of fact i talked to scotty nelson not too long ago it's funny because i don't hear from him and then all of a sudden he'll call and go hey bro i got all these calls man and, and they wanted to i'm thinking about satellite what i'm like let's just do it bro but i want to talk a little bit about that too but before we get into all that i okay when I was working for a different company, we had a whole studio and everything. And the first person, it was in Orange County. For the first person I wanted to get on was Jiva Santana because I, I, you know, had a good working relationship to him. But this, when I see him, for some reason, what comes into my mind is 
the smooth operator because he's so you know he's kind of quiet and, and you know that, that you got those guys that are just really brash and raw and, they, and they're gloving you up and they're saying yeah i'm a black belt and all that but you see jiva and and you look at him and in my mind i'm thinking i would never mess with that dude i mean that that guy is just he's quiet and he'll just you know take put you to sleep or whatever so yeah. real quick for the people listeners expand on that a little bit about him because you know when people say hey man who do you think you know I, I really would like to I'm getting serious or I'm thinking dude Jiva Zantana is definitely one of them you want to go see him or whatever he'll get you going so for the people listeners on, on UWC explain a little bit about like first of all how you got involved with him and you know how it's been since then uh, well I met Jiva uh, through his uh, student his black belt uh, uh, professor Mo, Mo Kayat he was my uh, nogi coach when I first started training Jiu Jitsu yeah. And uh, and then that's when Mo introduced me to Jiva's class, his his, uh, his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class. That's where I slapped on the gi for the first time and met Jiva. Um, it, what you said is pretty much exactly the way Professor is. Very mal-mannered, very calm, very nice, very humble man. If you're in the Orange County area, you definitely have to come to One Jiu-Jitsu and visit Jiva uh, Santana, um, it, without a doubt. Uh, but, yeah, when he's on the mat, he's just, you know, don't be fooled by that uh, that, that timid smile. He's, um, he's, yeah. he's a monster on the mat. I, I felt the, the pressure of Professor before. I felt his arm bars. Uh, and, but, man, he's a wealth of knowledge, and I've learned so much from him, uh, both him and the team there. And uh, it made me into the, into the practitioner I am today, so I wouldn't be where I'm at today without Jiva Santana. And he's, um, he's a phenomenal instructor, a gr- att- big, big attention to details uh, he is, uh, very well-mannered, and uh, overall a great instructor to be around. Yeah, and he, it's funny because off there I was talking to him and I was telling him, I said, you know, I started in wrestling. I said, and when I moved over to, to on the mat, you know, first thing uh, Scotty said, hey, here's two geese. You've got to start training in the gee. got. He goes, you have to practice what you preach or whatever. And I hated it ever since. And I was talking to him and he goes, yeah, man. He goes, you, you have to keep that gee on and you have to keep working. He goes, once you get that down or whatever, he goes, everything else is easy. He goes, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, but there's, I know, but there's so much to grab. He goes, well, yeah, that's part of it. You know, you, that's what yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We, we. So you, you find that to be true. Once you put that gear on and get that, down, I, I think, I, I want to say it's in my head because right when I put that gear, I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna be able to grab this. And then uh, my instructor told me, hey man, that when you finally get that out of your head and just start start listening to what I'm telling you, you'll see or whatever. So it took a while, but I finally got it. I mean, was it similar with that with you, or how did that all work out? Yeah, brother, it's been in my head for the past nine and a half years, which is which is how long I've been training, man. So, you know, yeah. when I first started training the gi, I, I mean, I'm always like you, man. I, I didn't really like it very well. I, I didn't like the, the gripping of the, the of the gi. I thought it was cheating, and I was 100% resistant to the idea. But I, that was just something, that was just me uh, trying to work through my discomfort and work through my frustration. But luckily, I had coaches like Jiva Santana, uh, Professor Mo. Uh, they were there to guide me through the the frustration and just just con- encourage me to continue to put the gi and continue to be consistent with the gi. And right. when I started being more consistent with the gi and figuring things out, I, I worked past those frustrations. I worked past those difficulties, especially playing the guard because the guard was very difficult for me in the beginning. But Jiva uh, always held me uh, you know held me accountable in terms of learning how to play guard by keeping me on my butt for uh, for a couple of years, and, and it made a huge difference in my game. So I'd have to say that was a that was a real turning point for me, but yeah, I'm right there with you, brother. It, in the beginning, it was it, it was very challenging, but now it's it's I, I love it now. I can't get enough of it, and I share it with my students. 
Yeah, and and it was it was funny because when we started working for On the Mat, the, the first Jiu-Jitsu Expo was in Long Beach, and and you know we went out there with On the Mat, and we did our show, and somebody didn't show up. I can't remember who it was. So Rafael Lovato Jr. ended up doing the seminar, and and Scotty said, Hey man, if you guys want to go check out the, the seminar, I'll I'll watch your stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. Man, when I saw him, I was like, wow, this guy, this is the real deal right here. We had just started right. training in the And then he had a super fight with uh, one of the, I think he was supposed to go with Hodger Gracie, but he had got hurt. So he went with some, I can't remember who he went with. And I saw him working. I went, wow. I mean, this guy is it, just amazing. So then kind of got hooked on it. You know what I mean? And and it's like you yeah. say, there's you're always learning no matter, it's funny because I'll be watching uh, uh, while we're doing a live broadcast or something, and I'll see something, I go, I, I think it was Alan Goas. I was watching, I went, wow, you know, you just see him go, how did he do that? And and it just kind of piques your interest, and you want to just keep learning and learning and learning. I mean, it never gets old, right? I mean, people, you, I mean, black belt, there, there's black belt, but it just doesn't stop there. You just continue to keep to keep going from there, right? Yes, correct. You just keep learning. You got to keep absorbing it and, and, and continuously learning, and most of all, staying active. If you're active and you're consistent, you're going to progress. And um, yeah. and that's one thing about the gi too, because the gi uh, it puts you in so many different positions and and possesses so many challenges that if you're consistent and you just work through those frustrations or work through those practices, you know you're going to get better as time goes on. So uh, it's, it's a great thing. Well. Uh- I, I agree 100%, but real quick for the people listening, you're here, you're at UWC Radio, and we're talking to Richard Arriola, talking a little bit about training in the gi and, you know, uh, crossing over or whatever, and it's just it's just amazing, and the reason I point that out is because we were, my partner and I were always wrestlers, you know, we wrestled and coached wrestling and all that, and then when we moved over there, and he, well, first person we rolled with was Scotty. And it was, I, I didn't even want to go back the next day. I mean, the things he was doing, I was like, man, I'll never get this or whatever. Have you, are you familiar with Scotty Nelson from On The Mat? Uh, I, I've, I've heard of him, but I've never met him personally. Uh, but I have been in the store before. <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know, he lived in Brazil for like, I don't know, seven years or whatever. He trained with Kenny Florian, and they were all, a whole bunch of them that were out there, Jeff Munson and people like that. So when we rolled with him, I'm not going to say like he beat us up, like punched us in the face, but just the things that he did, I was so sore the next morning. I thought, man, what, you know, what happened? Where did this come from? And then he's like, well, that's why I'm just showing you. It's a whole different ball game. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm a believer now or whatever. So it just, and it just kind of springboarded from there. But, you know, not only that, but I, I got to tell you, man, that the, the jujitsu community as a whole has, has been amazing. Cause I've been in this for almost Dang, we're going on 15, 16 years now because, you know, I worked with Tap Out and Sinister and then over with, with On The Mat. And what happened was is, first of all, something happened when when uh, we had to shut the show down for a little while with On The Mat. Scotty was opening a hospital in, in Mexico, and the people kept emailing him and saying, hey, man, you know, what happened to, to On The Mat uh, radio? You know, we we uh, we need a place to, to, like, use as a vehicle to get our stuff out there, and there's not that much covering. So he called me back and said, hey, man, the people are asking. Let's go ahead and bring it back. And, I mean, that right there amazed me as as the community. And then the same thing with the pandemic. Once we pulled the plug, he called me and said, hey, man, we got to put it back on. People want to, you know, want to get on there and talk and and get jujitsu out there because now people can actually compete and make money and be able to open up their own place or whatever, which it's been a long time coming. I'm like, yeah. So it's just amazing how the jujitsu community can come together. And what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like, kind of like a family, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. First off, I'm happy that you guys are back, and that's really good. I'm so happy to hear that. And yes, the jiu-jitsu community is a great community. That's what makes it so awesome. Is that you know, you know, whether if you're local or 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 if you're out of state. There's always a jiu-jitsu community in every state you can find, and when we come together for whether it be for competitions, for seminars, things like that, and for and, and believe me, you know, prior before the pandemic, I was competing a lot, and I, everywhere I would go, yeah. different different places, different cities, I'd always meet the same see the same faces, and they all had smiles on their faces, and we were always saying hi to each other and just checking up on each other or following each other on Instagram and DMing each other and just saying hey, how you doing? How's your family? It's like it's a really welcoming community. And it's really really cool. We all support each other, like our pictures and just always contact each other, you know, and, but that's what makes it so awesome, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. that's just, that's one, that's one of many things I love about this community. Well, this is, this is what happened. The first thing you said, look, man, until we get everything back on, I want you to head to some of these places and, and, and get some footage so we can put it on on the mat.com. All right, okay, cool. So I went to go see John Thomas because John Thomas uh, competed in, in one of the submission competition, and he had this blast double that was just, I mean, it was so quick. So I went down there and, and you know, so, we could, we could get some footage and stuff like that. He would show me that blast double because a lot of people were saying, well, if you shoot that blast double, how, how do you not get caught in the guillotine or whatever? So we kind of went through that and showed everything. It was really cool. So I would definitely like to do that over there with at, at Ariola Wrestling or, or wherever, when you get your new place in Orange or whatever. We'd definitely like to come out there and show show a few things because, I mean, the people just, they're, they're dying for it. You know, I put it out there like, yeah, it's funny because – you got these keyboard warriors and go, oh, I can get out of that if I do this and that. Okay, well, let's, I'll show you and we'll go see. So it was just amazing to see when you shoot that. But it was, I mean, like we say, learning, when he shot that blast double, it was so quick. Or whatever. Yeah, I got to get that on tape. So I would definitely like to do that with, you know, with, with you guys uh, for sure. So I would definitely be in touch, man, so we could check that out because it's so, it, it, it's a big difference when you go see it in person and you see somebody say, look, this is how you, you know, get out of it or whatever. You down for something like that? Oh, absolutely! You better believe I am. Yes, let's uh, let's make it happen as soon as we get the the new facility open. Uh, let's uh, let's make it happen. And you know what? I can definitely relate to what you said because you know in my past, uh, you know, in my previous belts, you know, I've been caught. I've been a victim of that too. So then that's when I had to do my research and understand. Hey, look, you know what? I need to redirect my shots when I when I when I take my opponent down, I got to cut the corner or, or fall at a different angle instead of falling right into his guard where he can just choke me out. So I can relate, man. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Well, I got to take a real quick break. I want to come back. I want to run a couple of more things by you real quick. Can you hang on for just a quick second? Sure. All right, we'll be right back after this. Hang on, everybody. listeners you're here at UWC Radio and we're talking to uh, Richard Arriola talking 
about you know jujitsu and, and training and and you know Gina Jiva Santana being the smooth operator and stuff like that. But real quick for for the people listening, make sure you check us out UWC Radio. We're now back on Sundays, uh, Sunday nights or whatever. So make sure you check us out. But um, real quick, Richard, it, it's funny because I get you know. When we when we watch the the pay per views and I'm watching stuff and I'm checking everything out, I'm, I, my my phone's constantly going. Bing, what did you think about this? With the, so when when they had the 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 women's match with the, I forget her first name Lee and she she wrestled Shlavenko's sister and she got her trapped in that triangle and she was in the triangle for almost about three minutes. Did you did you get a chance to check that out? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I, it was a vicious triangle. It's, 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 it's probably the worst. Yeah, it's probably the worst thing that can happen to you. And I know that's happened to me before. And, and that, and, and believe me, it, it could be very. It's so easy for you to panic in that situation. So believe me, it, it's. It's. I mean, when I saw her, I. I it's, it's almost like I had a flashback. Like, oh my goodness. But you know, when you I mean. Time, in that type of position, it's very important that you try and get the knee like right there, like in the tailbone, and just yeah. kind of pry that lock open. Because otherwise, if you if you keep progressing forward, then that that lock is just going to get real tight. It's going to tighten it up, yeah. And that's it's funny because people are saying, "Oh, all she has to do is this, and just turn her body, and she's going to do." And I'm like, "What are you talking yeah, right. about?" But to, to be, yeah. I, 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 and personally, it, it, it's weird because it's just one little thing that that can that where you can get caught. Because she was in there for a while, she didn't panic. She kept trying to move and get out of it. But that one right right arm when she kind of put it out a little bit as soon as she grabbed it and put it behind her, I said, "Oh my God!" And she, you know. You know she didn't want to be okay. Well, here's the thing. This brings me to another thing. First of all, uh, Tony Ferguson is the rubber band man because he's been caught a couple of times. He got caught in in that ankle lock, and I mean he had that oh. thing fully fully locked and loaded, and even said, you know, Darush said he he, he heard it pop, and I'm waiting for him. He goes and he never submitted. He goes and it got uh, the size of like a like a small baseball almost, and he kept fighting. So then you have Hakare who ended up getting the whole thing broke. I mean, that pop, that was ridiculous. I mean, it just popped. And you, yeah. when you can hear it in a full arena, that, that's really bad. So here's a question I have for you. And we get this years, many years in this business. I mean, don't you think it's – I have personally have no problem tapping or, or if somebody taps out when you're caught like that. Why, why oh. let it break oh. and be macho, let it break, and then you're out for six – six to eight months healing where you could just tap and, and lift to fight another day. Give me your thoughts on that. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, I mean, first off, I have no problem tapping either. You know what I mean? But MMA <laughs> fighters are a different type of crazy, but you know, but it's at the same time, you know, Jacques Day, I mean, first off, I heard that crack on the, on the television. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, I was, I was, Blown away. I mean, he, I mean, he must have felt it afterwards. Obviously, I mean, you could. I mean, don't get me wrong. You probably felt it the moment you heard it pop. But, um, yeah. but that that was re- really really hard to watch. But I would say, I would say the cringy moment was when I was watching Benil Dariush uh, hit the heel hook on um, Tony Ferguson because you can yeah. see the grimace on Tony's face. And Benil Dariush is a legit black belt. I mean, he's he's yeah. a really really solid technician. So to watch that, it's like wow. It's like I I I, I mean, I can literally feel like my kneecaps start to start to just like shake just watching that you know because i mean i I would have tapped personally because you know it was obviously locked in tight but neil was ripping it and um and i think he even said in the post interview too like how how that man didn't tap is is beyond me you know he's a different type of like i said mma fighters are a different type of animal and uh so i hope he's okay i hope his knees are okay because that was a really really hard to watch 
Yeah, it and it, it it's weird because the same thing when when Tony fought uh, what's his name Charles Oliveira he put him dude he put him in 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 an armbar and even pulled it behind him and leaned back yeah. and I mean I that the way I'm like we so I mean I get it you know you're, you're a tough guy or whatever but I mean does, does this man not feel no pain or whatever but okay let's put it this way I've had a lot of guys on and and it, it's been a, a a standing question forever. I've seen some fights, um, like for one, for instance, uh, Joanna Janjerjic against Jessica Panay, and she was just—I mean, she was a bloody mess. And I'm thinking, you, there's no way she can win this fight. She's just going to keep taking punishment. Why not throw in the towel and 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 live to fight another day? If she gets mad at me, at least you could blame it on me. You could say, hey man, my my corner—I wanted to keep fighting. It was my corner who threw in the towel. Then I had like Thomas Denny on my show, and he goes, you know what? A lot of the referees know me, and they know how much punishment I can take, so they don't stop it or whatever. So, you know, this is this is just me. I think, hey man, live to fight another day. I'm gonna throw in the towel. If you get mad at me, no problem. At least it was me. You, you don't have to say it was you. But then a lot of them say, you know, that's not my call. You know, they're fighting. They're 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 like you said, they're a different breed. They want to keep going. So so give me your thoughts on that. That's what I think. I think throwing the towel, you can blame it on me. If you get mad, you just get mad. I would just want you to live to fight another day. Um, well, I mean, to answer that question, I mean, I, I mean, I'm coming from like a wrestling standpoint. I mean, I mean, obviously we've been in those situations where you know you're losing the match, and right. and obviously you don't. And even if you get thrown to your back, it's like it's so easy to give up and just get pinned. But like, I think I think this is where I have to go to the wrestlers' mentality. It's like we just refuse to quit, and it's the same thing yeah. with MMA fighters. They just refuse to quit, and I think it's a pricing. I think it's I, I feel it's a pricing. Yeah, even though you're taking a beating, and even though you're 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 you know probably losing, you know you you want to finish the fight. You know, I'm assuming yeah. that that's how they're feeling. You know, like hey, even though I'm I'm getting beat up, even though I'm losing this fight, I'd rather go out swinging and, and finish the fight than just throw in the towel and quit. So I think it's more of a it could be just more of a matter pride which i can understand yeah. i can definitely relate so you know i mean me I, i've never stepped in a cage before but i definitely know what it's like to be losing and, and and then when you look at the clock you know you're you're running out of time and you're going to lose this match so but at the same time you still got to give it your all and fight through or go for the submission or or go for the takedown or something yeah. so i think that's what they're yeah. trying to do maybe they just want to that you know I, you know maybe the, the, they hope and pray that maybe they can get lucky with a punch a submission or for that for the the next best thing which is finish the fight just finish the fight you know yeah yeah that's a that's a tough call man and it might be too because it it's it's women i maybe I, that like i just didn't want to see it and even you know we had michelle tate on probably i would say maybe a few months before she fought kat zingano so not that I know her, but if you, if it's somebody that you kind of know or whatever, and you see him taking that push, like, oh, God, please stop this fight or whatever. So it might be personal, and it might be with the women, too, just seeing them taking those shots. With men, you see it all the time, but you, know, you see a girl, especially take a knee like that, bam, and the, the nose just busts. It's like if I was a cornerman, it would be kind of hard for me, but then it's like you say, man, they're, they're a different breed. They're like, you know, they're going to come back and get mad and say, hey, man, that's my call, not yours. So that's been ongoing for years. I mean, many years or whatever, but it's good that we have somebody like Richard to come on and kind of break it down for us. But anyways, Richard, man, uh, you know, a million thank yous for coming on. Unfortunately, you know, I'm running up against the clock. So I, I would throw a million things at you, man. If we had like two hours, you'd be like, all right, man, all right, I did enough. But it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like that because, you know, like I said, the UFC kind of, kind of switches and, and there was a lot of submissions. Um, 
you know, last night or whatever. So, you know, of course, I got inundated with a bunch of questions and stuff. So it's good to have somebody like Richard that I can go to. We can kind of throw it back and forth. And I got to tell you, man, that, that ever since I've been introduced to the world of jiu-jitsu, it's just been, you know, just awesome and growing and to get the people on here and, and to have the guys come on and say, hey, man, you know, it, it's it's moved to where – it's, you know, guys are actually can make some money at it if they want to, and they can open their own schools, and it just keeps moving forward. That's one thing that I've always wanted, you know, to, to for it to just prosper, and it's glad to see that it is. But, you know, I, this too, I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to let you go, I promise, but this this is one thing too. <laughs> it's the professionalism, you know, because people think that MMA fighters and, and they're just animals or whatever. So this is what happened. When I was doing um, doing the announcing for King of the Cage, and they used to let us wear like that black mock neck with their with the blazer or whatever, real cool. But when when they signed the deal with UFC to uh, uh, get on get on with them because they were using a lot of the archives and stuff like that, they had a meeting. Mm-hmm. And and Terry Trebilcock said, Hey, look, man, I want everybody in a coat and tie. I want to make sure everybody's professional. If you have a beard, trim it up. But I don't want the growth and all that. And I'm like. You know, he's right. You know, you got to be professional. So when I see it, that's the thing. I want it to be professional so that people will take it seriously, you know, because it's such a good sport. And it's the same thing when I go to jiu-jitsu tournaments. You know, I like to see the guys in some sort of like, like when you go to a judo tournament, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a coat and tie, but they're in like a a suit and tie and they're doing. And then I've been to some jiu-jitsu tournaments where the guys are wearing shorts and they're hanging off and, you know, they got a raggedy t-shirt on. Like, man, I I just want it to be professional. So that's that's kind of like what I'm striving for in, in, in the world of jiu-jitsu. So you kind of get what I'm what I'm saying there. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think it's great. I, I think it's good that you have that mindset. I think it's great yeah. because basically you're a walking billboard of, of of your of your work of who you are. So you can't go wrong with uh, being professional and dressing dressing. You know, I you, I mean, even for me, like if I were to let's say do a podcast or do a show, and I know I'm going to be on camera, I I would I wouldn't be opposed to dressing up because you know you you are a walking billboard of yourself and you are a representation of yourself. And if you want to be taken seriously, then you know then I think you should you know look, dress the part, be professional. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. That's what I'm talking about. Well, hey man, I appreciate you coming on for the people listeners. Don't forget, check out uh, Richard Ayola. If you put that in your little uh, search engine, you know he keeps everybody up to date on there. And of course, you know Ariola Wrestling. They're making moves. They're gonna, you know, like you said, they're gonna move out to Orange pretty soon and just keep expanding. And like I said, it's great to have a place for the wrestlers to go in the off season so they can keep the tools sharp and keep in shape and stuff like that. So we're definitely gonna come down. <laughs> Here's the thing too. I had an assistant named Luis that was was a, a student and everything too and i used because i'm 55 years old man i've had both hips replaced or whatever so i bring him with me and then i said look you know if i if, if i go down on the ground to show something i won't be able to get back up so i bring luis with me and he was always you know taking taking the jokes and things. he even took you know some shin <laughs> kicks and stuff like that but he got a new girlfriend and she loves the outdoors they're constantly like hiking and stuff and i haven't been able to use him so once I reel him back in and bring him out, I definitely want to bring him out with me so we can so we can make sure we get some stuff on camera and, and get it out there. So all, all right, my friend? Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Bobby. I appreciate you, man. All right. You, hey, I appreciate you, man. People like that, Richard Adiola and stuff like that makes my show legit. So I appreciate you guys coming on. So for the people listening to me, I'll make sure and give, you know, all those uh, social media and the Richard and the Adiola wrestling and everything like that at the end of the show. We're going to come right back to wrap it up. Richard, a million thank yous for coming on, man. I'm going to see you soon. All right, buddy? All right. Thank you so much, Bobby. Have a great day. All right. You've got it. Richard Adiola, everybody. Make sure you check him out. We'll be right back.
Man, it's always good to have those guys on. You know, I keep going, keep going and going. But big shout out to our sponsors, Paul's Photo. Far and away, Paul's Photo is the best store for all your camera needs. Located in the city of Torrance, they have the best prices and professional advice for beginner to pro, still photos or video. Paul's Photos will take care of all your photo and video needs. Located at 23845 Hawthorne Boulevard in the city of Torrance. You can call Mark at 310 310- Three seven five seven zero one four, and you can always go to paulsphoto.com. Paul's Photo, ready, willing, and able to help with all your camera needs. And of course, Yards After Contact. You guys got to go check out Yards After Contact uh, printing service, apparel, and of course, custom cornhole boards. Check them out at yardsaftercontact.com and check out their Facebook page. Great pictures of some of their work, uh, especially the custom cornhole boards and the custom UWC shirts. Modeled by our own Manny Pinson. Make sure you check that out. That's yards after contact. Get your custom gear today. You know, always good to have, you know, somebody like Jesse Hernandez on who's just a wealth of information and uh, talking a little bit about wrestling and, you know, switching gears. And it's always good to have somebody like that, Richard, to come on, uh, Ariola, to come on and talk about, you know, jujitsu and, and uh, you know, submissions. And, and, you know, when you when you have students, it's kind of hard. You don't want to see them get hurt. But, you know, you, you, you do what you got to do. So I appreciate them coming on. So for the people listening, don't forget, big show coming up. We finally got that, that thing locked down and uh, set in stone. It's Sunday, June 27th, United Wrestling Council. It's going to be at Metroflex Gym. In the city of Long Beach, uh, doors are going to open at 1 o'clock for VIPs, 1.30 for general admission. Uh, we'll make sure we get the ticket prices up and the VIP ticket prices up and everything as soon as possible. We'll keep everybody posted on all our social media as well as here on the United Wrestling Council Radio. So with that being said, we appreciate you. We'll see everybody here next Sunday. Freddie Gabriel, I hope you had a lot of carnitas de uh, tacos de carnitas and stuff like that because you're going to be back back here with me next Sunday. All right, everybody. We'll see you then. <laughs>